0: If chocolate is your weakness, the real chocolate decadence of... Flava Naturals performance dark chocolate can be your strength. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain and heart function, including a recent Harvard study showing a 27% reduction in cardiovascular death. The FDA recently issued a qualified health claim saying that high flavanol cocoa powder may help prevent cardiovascular disease. It may even be a helpful tool in managing cognitive decline. Flava Naturals dark chocolate bars and cocoa powder deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate with great flavor and minimal sugar. Their secret is sourcing premium high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to fuel brain and cardio performance. I use it every day. To order, just go to flavanaturals.com. As an intelligent medicine listener, you can get 20% off site-wide for a limited time. Just use code SAVE20 at checkout at flavanaturals.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine, a fascinating discussion with Dr. Kenneth Bach, who is author of a new book entitled Brain Inflamed, Uncovering the Hidden Cause of Anxiety, Depression, and Other Mood Disorders in Adolescents and Teens. And uh, Ken, congratulations, because the book is like a capstone to your career of many decades. Uh, and I can attest that I've referred the children of many of my patients uh, to you because they say, well, you see my kid, my kid is, you know, 12 or 14. And I say, no, I'm sorry, I'm not seeing uh, such young kids, but I know the place you need to go. Go see Dr. Bach. Uh, and many of them have thanked me profusely uh, for that uh, recommendation because he really helped them out of a jam. And in so doing, you help not just the kid, but you help the whole family dynamic uh, the parents, the siblings, uh, and parents, grandparents, everybody's happier. So it's just, uh, you're doing yeoman service. Um, so um, let's talk a little bit about uh, co infections. And you use an acronym, ITABI, I T A B I. What's that all about?
1: Well, it's, you know, the, the thing is, uh, it stands for infection-triggered uh, autoimmune brain inflammation, right? And it's been called uh, PANS and PANDAS, uh, uh, which are acronyms for uh, pediatric acute onset neuropsychiatric syndrome PANS or pediatric acute psychiatric neuropsychiatric disorder associated with strep PANDAS, and and they're they also are uh, explanatory of what they are. Uh, I like a tabby because I think that's what it is infection triggered autoimmune brain inflammation. I think it just says what it is. And there's a lot of stigmas attached to pandas and pans. They're actually, a, just like in our careers run, you know, we dealt with chronic candidiasis and then you deal with Lyme disease now and, and the chronicity of Lyme disease. There are doctors every step of the way that somehow oppose what we know to be true what we see in the literature what we see in our practices and there are some doctors who don't believe in pandas and pans mm, it's like wow. you know i, I have doctors. no no i have doctors who say my medical school doesn't believe in that we don't believe in that in this wow. community that's what do you mean i mean there's so much literature about it so i i just felt like calling it what it is a, a tabby infection triggered or autoimmune brain inflammation because so much of autoimmunity is triggered by infection even if we don't know what the infection is mm-hmm. and that's and that's a key for us to be looking for and when you mention co-infections of course and then tick-borne disease, um, you know, years ago, uh, the CDC was saying it's 30,000 a year. And then all of a sudden, it was in 2014, they said, well, really, it's not 30,000, it's 300,000 a year. I mean, 10 times what they had been saying. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and we know it's not just Lyme disease, but it's all those other critters that occupy the tick with the Lyme spirochete. Borrelia Bart- and so on, yeah. Yeah, and so... And especially for the neuropsych, Bartonella is is a beast it's really bad it causes incredibly cold Bartonella rage and um, and many of these kids see that's that really the the whole reason I wrote the book is because I want people to be aware of it because all the therapy and all the uh, psych meds in the world they may help a, a, a little bit but will never really help these kids get well if they have an underlying Lyme disease, or Bartonella infection, or strep-induced brain inflammation that needs to be addressed, whether it be antibiotics or immune modulators. We use a lot of IVIG in my office for the real severe kids.
0: Let's talk about IVIG, intravenous immune globulin. Uh, That's used sometimes for things like Guillain-Barre syndrome, but how could that help uh, kids with behavioral problems?
1: Well, because if the behavioral problems and so I get those autoimmune antibodies and if I show the presence of those autoimmune antibodies and we have the condition where we have this infection triggered uh, autoimmune brain inflammation or um, that so that you can treat the infections, but that may not be enough Mm -hmm. because you have this, you You know, volume
0: on the immune system
1: have exactly. It's a great way of saying it. you have to turn down the volume, and IVIG uh, does just that. It turns down the volume. It quiets or quells the inflammation and autoimmunity in the brain. It's very, very helpful. Not in every patient, but in so many, it's a it's a really big procedure. It's a two day procedure, not just a one day procedure like you would do for um, immune deficiency and do a low dose. It's a high dose of IBIG. There are potential side effects. Which we manage now. I do so much of it. So we, you know, how to manage the headaches and the, and the nausea and vomiting. Um, so, um, and you have to hydrate them really well. I mean, it's a whole thing. And, but
0: I think it's a bold intervention, but it, it, it pays off sometimes.
1: Oh, well, yeah, it pays off a lot of times. I mean, some of the people that I see that are really, really ill, that's what they need to turn them around. And, um, and if they didn't get that, and, and they, they, they wouldn't have gotten better. A, lot of this, a number of the kids in the, uh, in the book have gotten IVG, and that's what did it. Now, of course, if they have an infection, I, I, I always want to make sure they're covered with the appropriate antimicrobials when they get IVIG, it can kick things up. So it's really this whole, you know, kind of well-rounded program. It's not just one thing. But with the sickest kids, and I'm talking about mood disorders where these kids are violent and aggressive or self injurious and suicidal, and it's based on uh, inflammation and, and autoimmunity. Uh, IVIG can be incredibly helpful. Sounds
0: complicated. <laughs> it, is.
1: it is. It is. But, you know, somehow I've migrated to that. It's a funny thing you say. You know, I, I was born certified in family medicine. I, I have this kind of mind that likes to look deep into yeah. answers, and, and family medicine actually is more breadth than depth, really. Mm-hmm. But I just liked so many things in medicine. They tried to get me to do plastic surgery. I really like dermatology, and mm-hmm. I like orthopedics, and I, I, I and there's all these things I like. But the reality is, somehow I, I've migrated to my family medicine, has allowed me to see the full realm of kids and adults, and I get to do what my mind likes, which is to delve and look. For answers to complex problems and somehow i guess the practice now is has really you know kind of morphed into you know really a lot of very complex problems where where people are having a hard time finding answers and i you know i i, I hopefully i uh, i've gotten good at it obviously not you can't do everything you're not going to score in every single person but i but I, I feel really good about the successes that i've had in these most complex cases it's hard though run you know it's hard i mean you have yeah. to you know you have to scratch your head a lot and mm-hmm. try to figure these things out but you know yeah, you know, it's, worth it. it's worth
0: it. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the role of uh, diet to some extent. Uh, what role does allergy play, and what about uh, blood sugar? Blood sugar fluctuations, because certainly there's a there's a food mood connection big time, and part of that is you know what happens when you're on a blood sugar roller coaster.
1: Yeah, well, I think again, I, I, I see that a lot. I, I talk about that a lot. I mentioned it certainly in one of the chapters in the book, and I think it's. It's really underestimated. There's something uh, about low blood sugar that conventional medicine, and, and listen, both of us are very well trained in, in conventional medicine. I went to Rochester, a very conservative medical school, but and so I, I don't like to ever think that I do, quote, alternative medicine, because I don't. I feel like I put all you know the aspects of medicine together. But for somehow, many of uh, our colleagues do not believe that low blood sugar exists. Mm-hmm. They just don't. And yet, if you get this history of, you know, a kid not being able to go long uh, periods of time without eating or if, if they don't eat soon enough, they get either shaky or lightheadedness or a tremor or palpitations or they get hangry, as you've seen in the Snickers commercials, anybody.
0: Hangry, think, right.
1: You know, hangry. And, and, and they eat something and they, they come out of it you know that is so suggestive. I no longer get glucose tolerance tests. Six. I used to do it when I was younger, but you know it's it's a, it's a big. Six sticks, six hour, you know, test. You get them fasting mm-hmm. sugar, and then a half hour, and then every hour for six hours, and you show a blood sugar going to the forties, and they get symptoms. It confirms it, but I just don't think I need that anymore. You know? Yeah.
0: Well, we now have, uh, uh, you know, continuous glucose monitors CGMs, which you know we can give patients, and you know we can have them finger stick, and maybe they're less invasive ways of doing it. Uh, what about uh, allergies to foods? Can foods have psychological effects on people
1: definitely i mean you know the first i ever learned about this was uh remember doris rap in this you know Mm -hmm. who basically had two video i'll never forget the two videos she had a video of one kid eating eggs which is obviously a healthy food and one kid eating a banana. And they both went berserk, you know, one with ADHD hyper all over the place, and another with behavioral stuff. And it was like holy mackerel! I mean, it was so crystal clear. And uh, I remember uh, one—I think it might have been Michael and uh, uh, shachter and and, and, and and David Schenk, and I think they, they food, mind, and mood. Way back, way mm-hmm. back. Yeah, they were
0: pioneers day. in this field,
1: mm-hmm. right? And and psychiatrists who were pioneers and. You know, there's no question. I have uh, examples, and there's one in the book of of corn that caused uh, ADHD and mood dysregulation, like really, you know, anger in an eight-year-old kid. And and corn's a tough one because corn's in everything. So you talk about, you know, you talk about the ultra-processed foods. Well, so corn's in all those processed foods. It's even more so than wheat and dairy. So it's a tough one. It's in a lot of the capsules of supplements and everything. So that's a tough one. But, you know, we see it with gluten in the autistic kids and dairy um, as well as other foods. So I think the key is, I mean, I check for all these kids when they come in. I do both uh, intradermal skin testing, just the foods these days. I used to do inhalants, but I get that from uh, RAS tests now. And I'll do uh, RAS tests for uh, a lot of other because I don't do a million foods. But I usually will do the, the, the four basic foods when they come in, milk, wheat, uh, corn and yeast, sometimes mm-hmm. egg. And you'd be surprised. You, you, you diagnose, uh, you know, a, a large skin with a large food allergy. You take it away. And lo and behold, sometimes some of the psych symptoms resolve. It's pretty amazing. And so, yes, I do uh, think that food allergies, no, no doubt with ADHD, but also definitely with a- anxiety, depression, and mood disorders for sure.
0: You, you mentioned the use of uh, cannabidiol or CBD for some of your uh, anxious patients, uh, maybe you also dispense it to family members so they can stay cool during this uh, long process of unraveling their kids' problems. <laughs> but you seem to be a fan. Tell, tell us about that.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of it. Um, I, I'm a big fan of uh, kind of pharmaceutical-grade CBD. There's a lot, a lot of CBD out there. Not all of it is really great. So you have to make sure you get really high-quality CBD. And um, uh, But uh yes i mean I, I i've read the literature um I, you know we all have these endocannabinoid receptors in our we we all make endocannabinoids which in other words we make our endogenous cannabinoids and there are these uh cb1 and and, and C, cb2 there's uh receptors that are scattered all over some more in the brain others more peripherally but there's overlap and uh you know, I think that whole system is very interesting. It's really an anti inflammatory system. And I think uh, when it's just like almost like when you don't have enough of your own, so to speak, or what have you, getting a little support with CBD uh, can be very helpful uh, in the autistic kids, in these teens with anxiety. Um, it's not everybody. Uh, that informal survey we did that was uh, in autistic kids was about 71% in health and helped in anxiety. Mm. It certainly helps in with sleep issues, so it's it's definitely worth it. It can help some with the real agitation and aggression, although uh, less so. So, and the key is that it's dose related, so that you know a lot of the stuff out there that people are getting a very very low dose.
0: Yeah,
1: it may not be really. It's not really premier. People,
0: people give up prematurely when actually exactly. they get much higher doses.
1: It's 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 like everything in our field. It's like. Yeah. You get a multivitamin that, that lists yeah. everything under the sun, and the patient says, wow, I'm getting everything. And you look at their CoQ10, and rather than 100 milligrams, it says 1,000 micrograms. And they say, wow, I'm getting so much <laughs> CoQ10, and it's a milligram, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 that kind of thing. Same thing with CBD. If you're going to take six, three 3.25 or 6.5 milligrams when you should be taking 25, 50, 75, 100 mm-hmm. even, yeah. – um, you're not going to get the results.
0: What are some of the other uh, supplements you resort to? I know that this is this is not a, a cookbook kind of thing. Like, okay, for here's your protocol for ADHD, and here's your protocol for depression, and here's your protocol for anxiety. It's not how this works. We have to uncover root causes. But what are some of the supplements that you wield frequently?
1: Well, I would say the anti-inflammatory ones, as I mentioned uh, previously. You mentioned probiotics, you know, uh,
0: vitamin D, and fish oil, and then yes so those are are
1: the holy trinity so those are all anti-inflammatory again getting up to the right levels of vitamin d the adequate levels of fish oil it's not just a tiny spattering of a dose but the adequate levels um and a really good you know diverse strain you know a higher potency you know 30 billion 50 billion 100 billion probiotic um but then also uh some of the more uh, herbal antimicrobials, curcumin, one of the best in terms of being anti-inflammatory and antioxidant. It it decreases Th17, which are the the uh, inflammatory autoimmune uh,
0: bad T-ho- cytokine.
1: Yeah, yeah, very inflammatory cytokines. It also mm-hmm. enhances Tregs, and a lot of what it is in the immune system, right, is is to balance the immune system, and, and, and enhance Tregs, which are anti-inflammatory and, and more regulatory, and down-regulate the inflammatory TH17. And sometimes, and you have to balance TH1, TH2, but TH17 are the ones that can be the most inflammatory in terms of this brain inflammation. So, um, so curcumin is really, really good. Great studies on that. And also certain things to try to help tighten up uh, the the blood-brain barrier and restore integrity to it. Things like resveratrol, mm-hmm. very, very good supplement for that. Again, some good studies for that, <laughs> including in Alzheimer's disease. Um, and um, then melatonin, interestingly enough, melatonin can help with that as well. Um, some very basic things, and some things that probably I've been guilty uh, of not getting enough over the years, sleep. So like sleep-deficit, can actually contribute to uh, leakiness of the blood brain barrier and loss of integrity, and actually restoring sleep. Um, you know, uh, one study was that 24 hours sleep really, but basically getting a number of days, six days of really, really solid sleeps can help. So, this chronic, and in the lives that many people lead are, are unfortunately sleep deprived, and that's not good. Um, so they' you know I mean exercise can help that as well. I mean I try to get these kids moving. The whole thing of just watching video games I really try to get even if it's just going for walks, especially with COVID, getting kids out going for walks, getting them playing fun sports and having fun. you know I I, I, I tell people I, I, I was doing my, one of my first podcasts when the book first came out and, so, and I, I asked somebody I was playing with it. It's a great interview. Uh, and, and, and says so what are the two main uh, nutrients for the immune system and she's going oh yeah vitamin D vitamin C I said no no I, I get it I know and she, you know, everybody would say those and I said love and laughter mm-hmm. and I there go. really believe that that's some of the things we need to nurture our kids with love and laughter they need just to be a little more careful they need to be able to yeah, obviously get learn responsibility as they get older but learn how you know laughing is so key you know being loved and loving is so key. And I, and I I don't say that like well schmatsy. I think it's really, really important for the health of these kids. And it's I actually a, talk about it. Really, it's an know?
0: intangible, but it's it's so important. Uh, yeah. What about glutathione support? You're a big fan of that. And you know how do you administer glutathione to some of these kids who need uh, more of that potent antioxidant?
1: Well, um, you know, the regular just reduced glutathione is not very well absorbed. So if you're going to do it orally, It should be liposomal, and there are a couple of different liposomal preparations that we use. And again, you have to do high enough doses, not just 50 milligrams, but several hundred milligrams a couple of times a day. And it is very important. I agree. There's no question about that. And I use it a lot. We also give it IV. So we give these, the, the kids. Um, especially if there's a problem in terms of toxicity, whether it be mycotoxins, mold toxins, or other kinds of chemical toxins. We can help the cell membranes um, with the phosphatylcholine and glutathione. We actually give those IV with higher-dose vitamin C. So we do that in a number of the kids, especially kids that may not only have mood disorders but also physical symptoms of fatigue, uh, and things like that. So uh, along the, a lot of the tick-borne illnesses, will also give those. can be very, very – we can test for those. So we do test for glutathione. I don't test for phospholcholine, but we do mm-hmm. test glutathione and, and sulfate and cysteine. And intrazamnac and acetylcysteine can yep. be very helpful for OCD. And so – Yes. You know, yeah,
0: there are actually documented studies on it. It's fascinating.
1: So how, uh, you know, how
0: that – I mean, for gambling addiction, of all things – crazy
1: right yeah exactly I mean you know it's very potent and it's actually a very anti-inflammatory you know if you have you know uh, you know I've been dealing with glutamate exocyte exo excitotoxicity in the autistic kids and you know a lot of these kids with bipolar and, and mood dysregulation have excess glutamate and you want to quiet glutamate so some what are some of the nutrients to quiet uh, excess glutamate it's knack it's magnesium and it's taurine. So when you mm-hmm. ask me some of the nutrients, I use a lot of magnesium. And these kids who are anxious and, and stressed, I use ma- magnesium in the form of magnesium taurine.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and you know, the only caveat with NAC is that if you have uh, a dysbiosis, and a, especially a fungal dysbiosis, or so like you know a yeast overgrowth in the intestines, uh, NAC can really make that worse. You have to be careful with that. But, you know, so... And these kids, I mean, even we talked about CBD. I think the important thing to remember with any of these kids, any nutrient, you know, be, you know, I use the other test I was going to tell you. And you said, what about the testing you use besides the autoimmune? I use metabolic testing, so I look at organic acids,
0: yeah,
1: and I look at minerals and, and, and toxic metals. And um, you know, sometimes it'll show you they need higher doses of B6. Well, yep. B12, methylfolate, you know, we check an MTHFR. But when you give those, most of the kids will do well. But there are a very small percentage that yeah. will get activated, get Paradoxical agitated.
0: reactions, you know, you set them off.
1: Totally. So I think that's the important thing for parents to realize, that this needs to be done with somebody who knows what they're doing mm-hmm. and, and help handle the paradox reaction. Because now we know if we see a certain paradoxical reaction, that can clue me in, ah, they may need something to counter that not even a medicine, but another nutrient that may allow them to slowly introduce it. And a lot of it's timing, a lot of it's sequencing. When you introduce something mm-hmm. may not be tolerated early on, may be tolerated later. So that's the, you know, that's the art of, right. uh, of how to do this.
0: So, sounds like the general message is uh, read this book, uh, Brain Inflamed, but don't try this at home. <laughs> you need guidance because yeah, it's really be complicated. Yeah.
1: yeah, you know, the, one of the things I really tried to do in the book so at the end of each chapter i would put clues as to what they could ask themselves or what mm-hmm. they can bring to their yeah. doctor and that may suggest hey wow my kid may have tick bone disease my kid may have low blood sugar as we said my kid may have low thyroid may have a strep-induced autoimmunity so and and so that's the key it wasn't to have them diagnose and then treat exactly. it was more to have a pathway to uh to seek proper avenues of treatment really that's right exactly
0: and it's certainly a message of hope and it's very empowering because uh families that are afflicted in this way and i say families because it's a family problem uh really are in desperate straits and to have an opportunity to uh, transcend a a very stuck situation uh, i think is a very very exciting prospect so uh get the book brain inflamed uh lastly uh, I have a question for you that I think is a timely question. Have you seen kids with long COVID? This is a perplexing situation, is that, uh, you know, kids are coming down with COVID. Usually they're fine, but a certain small percentage of them sometimes are wiped out for weeks and months on end.
1: We're going to see more of it, I think, Ron. I haven't seen a lot of it. I've obviously seen adults with long COVID. Um, I haven't seen a lot of kids with long COVID. Um, Fortunately, but- Uh, Yeah, because – but I think with the Delta variant now uh, and it being not only more transmissible but seeming to be, uh, you know, more virulent, I I think we're going to be seeing more of it. And so, I mean, I have – you know, I do have – one of the things I do, I do have uh, various, you know, vaccination supports for some of these kids. The tricky thing with COVID and the the vaccinations is, you know, these kids that are uh, predisposed to autoimmunity – you worry yeah. about, you know, how you... worry you, about
0: COVID, but you also worry about the vaccines because either could uh, send their immune system into overdrive.
1: I, and, I, and I see that. I just had it today again. I see it. And you have to weigh. Everything is a weighing of risk benefits, as you know. And so there are some of these, like, anti-inflammatory nutrients. When they're timed, I have a way of doing that so that if you're going to get the vaccination before, mm-hmm. during, and after, there are things that people can take. To try to help them tolerate the vaccine more, I never, I, uh, I, I, I don't like to give the vaccine when kids are in acute, acutely inflamed, either with like Lyme disease or other tick-borne diseases or autoimmunity. I like to settle that all down, have them be stable, and then vaccinate them, knowing mm-hmm. that the vaccination may kick things up.
0: Makes, makes sense. sense.
1: Yeah, that's a, yeah. I mean, a lot of it's common sense, right? Really, a lot of it's common sense.
0: Well, great stuff. And, you know, once again, congratulations uh, both on the book, uh, Brain Inflamed, uh, and on a, on a fabulous career. The direction that your career has taken with this uh, has been so beneficial to so many kids and their families. Uh, you've made an outstanding contribution to the field of uh, medicine. Uh, in particular, integrative medicine. You've really been a pioneer, and and you're very generous in sharing the information in books like Brain Inflamed, and uh, in your frequent lectures to health professionals and the public. So uh, great stuff! Once again, thanks very much for joining us. That was Dr. Kenneth Bach, author of Brain Inflamed. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated, professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to dearhoffmanstore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also